I really wish you guys could hear it up here. It is so beautiful to listen to these guys sing. Whew. All right. Well, there are many situations in our lives where we have the opportunity to tell people things that we can do. It starts when we're young and we eagerly proclaim to our parents, look, when we figure out how to do things that in hindsight were probably not that impressive. It continues as we get older, but in different ways. Maybe in a job interview, we want to make sure that they know that we can manage teams of people. On a sports team, we want the coach to know that we can make that shot. It might be as simple as saying in regular life, regular day, I can do that, or I've got this covered as a way of declaring what we can do. And so as impressive as a list of what we can do might be, I have found that a list of the things that I can't do is maybe more impressive. For example, these are things me, I personally cannot do. I cannot dance. That's why we have Ian. I cannot sing. I cannot play tennis or basketball. I cannot go camping without an extraordinary amount of whining. I cannot run fast. I cannot swim any recognizable stroke. People usually think I'm drowning when I'm swimming. I cannot blow a bubble with bubble gum. Please do not try to show me. It's been 40 years. If I haven't figured it out, it's not happening. I cannot snap my fingers on my left hand. I can do the right, not the left. I cannot ride a roller coaster. Well, actually, I did once, and this is how that turned out. <laughs> and I can feel the judgment in this room all the way up here. But recently, I've been thinking about one big thing that I can't do. And that's that I can never change someone's life. I can impact a life, but I can never produce lasting change in someone's life. More on that in a bit. Now, few things make us more aware of our limitations than a week away from home at camp. We realize that we are limited in how little sleep we can endure, unless you're Keith. Ian was not exaggerating. Like, he goes to bed at like five, gets up at nine, and he's fine. I don't understand that. We realize how limited we are in how much camp food we can endure. We realize how limited we are in how we can handle a way too long round trip school bus ride that totaled over 14 hours. Am I right? Coach buses next year, anybody? And the seniors just shake their head like, really? A little too late, a little too late. At the end of the book of Job, God spends some time reminding Job of everything he can do. After God finishes, Job responds by saying this in chapter 42, verse 2. He says to God, I know that you can do all things. No purpose of yours can be thwarted. So as impressive as the list of things I can't do might be, let's look at just a small list of things that God can do. He can speak things into existence. Now, I've tried this. It doesn't work, right? I've tried this. I've been like Coca-Cola, and it doesn't happen. So this is very impressive. God can never get tired. He can run on no sleep ever. He can walk on water. He can flood the entire world. He can burn a bush without it being consumed. He can part giant bodies of water so that hundreds of thousands of people can walk through on dry land. He can make a donkey talk. I'd go to that zoo, wouldn't you? He can feed thousands of people with five loaves of bread and two fish. He can make the sun stand still. He can heal the sick. And maybe most impressive, he can raise people from the dead, including himself. 
This is why Psalm 66 says, Say to God, how awesome are your deeds. So great is your power that your enemies cringe before you. All the earth bows down to you. They sing praise to you. They sing the praises of your name. Come and see what God has done. Everybody say awesome. Awesome. So are there things that God cannot do? Well, actually, yes. But wait a minute. You literally just said that God can do anything. But the problem is there's probably somebody in here, most likely a middle school guy, that's saying, but can not God make a rock so big that he can't lift it? And I've been answering that question now for 22 years, and I usually say, yeah, he can do that, and then he'll drop it on you. Like, that's usually my answer. But God can do anything as long as it is in harmony with his attributes. He can do all things as long as it lines up with who he is. There are certain things that if God did them, it would violate his character, go against his integrity. We don't get to tell God what he can and cannot do. He does as he pleases. However, God has told us he cannot lie. He cannot approve sin. He cannot change his character. He cannot deny himself. He cannot sin or get another to sin. In reality, though, these things only enhance his power. Think about it. He has absolute power, and in that power, he has chosen to never violate his character You and I have limited power, and we violate our character all the time. And so hear this. God's power is greater than all the collective power of everyone and everything he has ever created. Think about that for a second. His power is greater than all the collective power. Take everyone and everything he's ever created, put their power together, and it's not even close to his power. He alone has the power to do anything he wants. And so this means if God is doing something, if something is within his purposes, it is unstoppable. Nobody can derail God's plans ever. Quick side note, let's get off this whole idea that everything that happens in this world is part of God's plan because that is a lie straight from hell. I'm hearing this way too much lately. Something tragic happens and we just dismiss it and say, well, that's all part of God's plan. You know, I need you to show me that in the Bible because it's not in there and I've read the whole thing. And it's something we say sometimes to make ourselves feel better. But Jesus prayed, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Bring what's up there down here because that's not the way that it is right now. However, there are things that God has said that this will happen and they will. There are things that God has said won't happen and they won't. And there's a lot of freedom in between. Now God can work good things from bad. And that's because that's who he is. But let's stop looking at tragedies and just always saying it's part of God's plan because it fails to account for the fact that we live in a broken world. This world is broken. We live in a world where things are not done God's way and that's why we need him. He rescues us. He fixes us. He gives us hope that one day we will be in a place with him where everything is done his way. Amen? I know that you can do all things. No purpose of yours can be thwarted. So when we go on a week like Ignite, we sometimes have a tendency for God to expect God to do certain things. We want a breakthrough in, in our life if we're a camper. You heard all the things Brian read. That's really what everybody wanted. We maybe want a breakthrough in the life of a friend. If we're a parent, we want a breakthrough, spiritual awakening in the life of our child. If you're a cabin leader, that's what you want for all your students. And sometimes it happens, but sometimes it doesn't. And so here's the thing. I know you don't want to hear it, but Ignite is over. It's done. I know you want to go back, but you're not going back anytime soon. It's going to be a year. Ignite starts, but then it stops. Just like for the rest of us here this morning, there are seasons in life that start 
and then they stop, and we can't change that. One of the most common things I hear as a parent when it comes to my kids is, it goes so fast. Right, because we can't stop it. Things end. And so Ignite is over, now what? It's very easy, especially for teenagers, to just keep focusing on that experience. I just want to go back. I just miss it so much, but you're not going to. So we have to move forward when we consider a God who can do all things and we realize that something that was a great experience for many has now passed. Where does that leave us? Well, three things come to mind. And the first one is this, to trade my program for his. This is the whole purpose of Ignite. It's to get people away from their day-to-day life to consider that the program that they're on for life, is it working? To ask that question, is your program working for you? If you've ever done a diet program, once others hear about it, they want to know one thing. Does it work? And if you say yes, then if you say yes, then they want to know, uh, they want to do it, right? They get on board with it. We take students away because we want them to see that God's program is greater than any other program this world could ever offer, and it's not even close. Junk your program, get on God's program. Make no mistake, that's why we take them away, to help them see how much greater God's plan is. Now, I said earlier that I can't change a life, and that's true. Only God can produce real and lasting change in a life. The thing is, he does it in his ways and on his timetable. You see, I want every life to be changed right now. Right now. That's what I want to see happen. But but I have limited information. God sees it all. And he knows our hearts and he's working. I've traded in my own program for his because his works. And I need him to bring real change in my life. I don't want to stay this way. I need him to change me. I can change some outward things, but I can't bring the change into my own heart that only he can bring. And so, students and everyone else in here, have you traded your program in for his? Are you on the everyday life with self plan, or are you on the everyday life with Jesus plan? Because only one of those plans is led by an unstoppable God. Trade my program for his. The second thing is to stay the course. You are going to get off track. It will happen. It's like I was driving home from Michigan, going down 31, and then I received word that due to an accident, 31 is closed in both directions. So right away I exit, right, and I've got my iPhone GPS, and what happened? What did it say? It said rerouting like this, right? We've seen this, right? And it kind of figures out. It doesn't change the destination, but it changes the path that I was on. The destination didn't change, but the circumstances caused me to get off the path. In the hours, days, weeks, and months ahead, when you get off course, reroute. Get back on track and head towards your destination. Don't reconsider your destination because you know what you are doing. You made that decision. And sometimes we get this right derailed. We're like, well, I just can't do it. Well, I'm not sure if it's worth it. But we have to remember where we were. We have to remember what God did. And we have to keep going. Maybe you've heard You know, God bless this broken road that leads me to you. And it's that idea that, hey, none of us are going to be on this perfect path. There's going to be a lot of times we need to be rerouted. We want to follow after Jesus with everything we have because he works good from bad. You know, I was thinking about 2016 in the lives of our students and in the lives of our church family. And there's been a lot of things, uh, difficult, challenging things that have happened this year. And then there are so many that we don't even know about. And my encouragement to anybody would be to stay the course. The truth hasn't changed. God is still unstoppable. Keep your eyes on Jesus and press forward one step at a time. For those of you who are at Ignite this week, stay the course. 
maybe you've already blown it. Maybe you came back and that first night wasn't so good. Maybe it was yesterday. Get back up. Your direction, not your intention, will determine your destination. So it's where you actually go that will determine whether or not you get where you want to. Here's a real conversation that I've had many times. Well, I tried to grow after Ignite, but it didn't work. Well, let me ask you, did you get away with God and start spending consistent time with him? Did you talk to some mentors and ask them how to grow? Did you start a reading plan? Well, I've been really busy and I kind of don't like to read blah, 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 blah. Then you're not really on the Jesus plan, okay? So it's more than just an experience. If you're not willing to take some steps, if you're not willing to do something to get you there, if you're not willing to get with somebody and say, help me grow, if you're not willing to spend time with God, if you're not willing to open his word, you are not going to end up where you want to go because your direction, not your intention, will determine your destination. Third thing is to learn who God is. To learn who God is. Philippians chapter one, verse six. And this is good news, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion. You do your part, and God is going to do his part. This is who he is, and he is for you. And so when God starts something in you, he is going to do everything he can to finish it. And sometimes he waits on us, sometimes he waits for a long time on us, for us to take that step of faith, of obedience. If you are on his program, then you can remember this verse that I showed you earlier, Job 42.2. God, I know that you can do all things. No purpose of yours can be thwarted. And his purpose for you is that you would live everyday life with Jesus and stay the course. You see, in the book of Genesis, God has this incredible encounter with Abraham. And in it, he makes this covenant, this agreement with him that changes the course of everything. Here's the first thing God says to Abraham. The first thing in this whole exchange, he says, I am God Almighty. It's as if God's saying, hey, let me tell you who I am. Nothing can stop me. Now listen up because I have some things to say. And so get to know who God is. Read the Psalms. Make a list of who he is because this is where Satan's going to attack you. This is the place. He's going to try to distort your perception of who God is. He's going to make you think untrue thoughts about God. So that way you think other things are more worth, are worth more than pursuing him. This is what he does. But he says, I am God Almighty. Who can stop me? And that doesn't ever change. Trade your program is for, in for his. Stay the course and learn who he is. And so what now? Well, you do the next right thing. You take that next step forward. And what we're gonna do here is we are going to declare by faith that no matter our circumstances, no matter our situation, no matter what's ahead, that he is God Almighty and nothing can stop him. Let's stand together. We're gonna pray and then we are gonna declare that by faith. And so, Father, thank you that you are God Almighty and nothing can stop you. Would you raise up a generation of people who say, God, I want to get off of my program and I want to live everyday life with you. I want your program. Would you raise up a generation of people who will stay the course when things get hard, when life, when life uh, uh, produces some circumstances that we weren't expecting? And God, would you raise up a generation of people who say, I want to learn who God is and I'm not going to let the enemy distort that. I'm not going to let the world tell me who God is. I'm going to go straight to him. I'm going to open up his word. I'm going to read through Psalms. I am going to learn who he is because he is God almighty. And if he is for me, who can be against me? And once he starts something in me, he will finish it. Help us to be people who keep our focus on you, keep our eyes on you. And when we fall, we get back up because we know who you are. You are God almighty and you can't be stopped in Jesus name.
Amen.